This is another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. For people who are never in a bad mood, everyone else is just annoying. And I'm your host, Sydney. Let's dive into what's getting under our skin this week. Okay, so what is up, you guys? Welcome back for another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. Again, this is a podcast for the unoffended but constantly irritated individuals. And remember, it is not our own fault that everything is annoying. Um, As always, I am your host, Sydney, discussing the latest and greatest in the news of what has gotten on my nerves this week. And you know, like I said, I am going to be bringing on new guests, trying to make sure that you guys just don't have to listen to my voice. Um, and I'm happy this week that I am joined by a guest and somebody who has been on this show before. Um, so I am excited to have DeAndre, host of two podcasts, The Safe Word with Mystique and Mr. Everlasting, as well as The South Got Something to Say. So you want to introduce yourself? Of course, it's the heavily orchestrated, never duplicated lyrical symphony known as the Eternal One Eternity, aka Mr. Everlasting, the lyrical assassin. I am just happy to be here and uh, thank you for having me. Not a problem. And see, I love that little spiel. I wish I could be able to rhyme and just flow so effortlessly, but it's hard enough for me just saying regular words that don't rhyme. But, but again, you guys, I am happy to have DeAndre joining me again. Um, last time we discussed friends and friendships, but you know, this week's episode is going to be a bit more spicy. And if you're wondering how spicy, we'll be talking about relationships beyond the conventional monogamy. Uh, so we'll be talking about polyamory as well as poly relationships and the practice of, um, you know, which is basically the desire for intimate relationships with more than one partner with the informed consent of all parties involved. So y'all, this not like somebody cheating on you and they got some other girlfriends. This is like everybody knows about this and you all are actively seeking other partners. But we're gonna get into that today and I'm sure it will be an interesting discussion. Starting off with the very first segment of the show, we have fed up or fed up. So you guys already know how this works. You know, I have this segment dedicated to everybody just getting what they need to get off their chest because what better way for people to learn more about you. So I know this week, one thing I can start off with that has me fed up is birthday business. My birthday is coming up. And I don't know what it is about birthdays, but birthdays are a lot and this year is especially odd because I'm actually planning something for my birthday not a big person on doing parties or anything like that usually I'm good with a little out to eat get my gifts go to but this year I wanted to do like a small gathering and have friends and stuff so it's been a big hectic and I'm sure from a male perspective, it's a little different. Like you guys are like, you know, I just kick it with my homeboys. We had these plans, but women, you know, we put so much effort into our birthdays. And I think I'm kind of making this birthday payback for my girlfriends, always making us have theme parties. And oh, y'all gotta wear shades of blue or shades of pink. 
So <laughs> me being like, oh, yeah, I got to wear shades of shit to my stuff just to make them do that. <laughs> just because that's who I am as a person. Like I said, I know men aren't used to having to do that. You know, the thing about it is um, when I was younger, I used to do a lot more because I've always kind of been into uh, entertainment and entertaining, whether it was hosting or mm -hmm. You know, whatever the case may be for so from like 20 to 25, I had themes every year. Like my part, I made my birthday a super huge thing. And it's so funny because now I have, um, I have a friend of mine and she was like, I can't believe I don't have anything planned for my birthday. And I was like, you, you don't have anything planned because I have seen you do this for the last four years. So for her to not have anything planned, um, that's kind of why I started laughing when you said that. Um, I think, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't think, it's, it's not that guys don't care. Um, but, like, most times it's just kind of like, we. I guess we try to do so much that when that day comes, it's almost kind of like, look, if ain't nobody else finna do nothing for me, I'm just finna chill. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Um, yeah, like, and, and me especially, I, I just... I enjoy life and I think that every year should be celebrated and I've always been that type of person. So I don't think there's anything wrong with making plans. Mm -hmm. Like it's better than just, you know, letting it pass by like, oh, it's just another day. No. Yeah, and that's made true. It another year. That's very <laughs> true, but I just know it's so odd because I'm not a person who's like, it's just not another day, but I'm also more the right. person like, oh girl, we just go go out to eat or I'm going out town. Like, I used to just be the person to dip. Like, oh, my birthday coming up. I'm just going by myself out of town or I with a small you. group of people. So this is different for me to actually be actively planning, thinking about decorations, <laughs> all of that. I'm like, who doing, is this person? I'm like, who is this person? I have never <laughs> met her. I don't know where she came from. And then it's like I'm adding yeah. stuff to my plate because I'm also going to be in a wedding the week of my birthday. So that's a lot. <laughs> yes. That is a lot. I am getting married next year and I purposefully Congratulations. Um uh, thank you. I purposefully um when we started looking at dates, I was like, she was like, well, we can do the fall. We can't do the fall. We have way too much stuff going on in the fall. Our wedding date is five months before her birthday. That is strategy. <laughs> that is strategy. Very much so. so I mean, that that is the that is the honest truth. So yeah, I mean, I to avoid situations like what you're dealing with now, which ultimately I understand that you're in the wedding, mm -hmm. but it's still that's a lot because you're trying to plan what you have going on in addition to. So yeah. Yeah, and at this point, like I have most of it's so funny because I'm a person who does stuff like this and then it goes fine, and my friends are like, "What were you like worried about or anything <laughs> right. like that?" And I'm like. Okay, but still, like, y'all know, I'm just, I feel like I'm just putting unrelentless stress on myself for this one thing. But again, I am looking forward to my birthday. I feel like a lot has changed in my life since my birthday. Right. So kind of bringing forth that celebration is going to be nice. But you know, enough about me. Anything, what has, anything had you fed up or? Um, oh, a lot. Like, I think the biggest thing um, that I am probably just tired of seeing is the uh, political aspects of this whole like 
vaccine thing. Like, look, either you want it or you don't. You know, either you want it or you don't. You know, if if you if you don't want to do what the people say, well, I'm sorry, but they made their decision the same way that you made yours. If they require you to have this card or they require you to have this negative test before you get into this event, you made your decision. <laughs> they made theirs. Very but good. I just, I, I have, I am that guy where it's kind of like, you know, you can't, you can't expect, you can't have everything that you want all the time and not think that you're not going to have to conform to something else. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's a good point. Cause there are so many people who just think like, oh, there aren't going to be any consequences to me being unvaccinated, but it's like, you should already see the world that we live in at the moment where COVID even happened before we had a vaccine. So that was, that was always my, like, why would I not want to go? And, you know, people have their health precautions and all this stuff, but I'm like, y'all the same people who were smoking black and mild in like seventh grade. I don't feel (laughs) like the vaccine is going to hurt you. You were drinking MD 2020 in Amsterdam, baby. I'm going to take you out before the vaccine. Man, let me tell you, I I, I saw somebody say this and I thought this was, um, it was really the smartest thing because it's something that I didn't really think of. And, um, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, I don't want to get the shot because it's not FDA approved. You know what else isn't FDA approved? Um, Herbalife, uh, half the vitamins that you take on a daily basis, flat tummy tea, uh, sea moss, um, any of this stuff that we are just buying because we want to lose weight, we want to get healthier, we want to do this, we want to do that. And yes, you see the results of that. So it's like, if you trust your body, if you trust yourself to put this kind of stuff in your body, why wouldn't you take the precautions to protect yourself too? And even like, then, you can't not even protect yourself, you- but protect other people, technically. Right, right. And, and, and essentially that too. And then I think what else has uh, kind of pissed me off in that whole aspect of talking about the vaccine and all of that type of stuff too, is just the, I understand not being cautious of what you put into your body, but I think people are also forgetting what you just said. It's not necessarily about you. Vaccines aren't to stop, they're to help prevent. They are preventative measures. So people who don't, well, you got the vaccine and you still got COVID. Yeah, but I have a much better chance of surviving than someone who doesn't. And don't get me wrong, I know people who unfortunately have gotten the vaccine and succumbed to it, but they also had previous health conditions too. You know what I mean? So I've I'm, I'm listening to actual medical professionals and not YouTube conspiracy theories. <laughs> and that's that's what it boils down to for me. And even then, I'm a person who, again, I, I like the love and light stuff. I got some crystals. I didn't try the ginger turmeric mix. I, I still it, I still feel like that does help you. But again, y'all, people have to take into consideration holistic measures can only go for so far and even me i know my mom always cracks this joke everything natural not good for you dirt is natural humans cannot eat dirt so think about it you guys think of like be smart be please be smart y'all and and i'm gonna say this too because i don't want people to be like oh he going his back stick i'm the holistic person 
<laughs> I am. I am the. I am the candles and incense burning, crystal wearing, sea moss taking, <laughs> meditation, sound therapy, singing bowls, X Y Z. There is something different about this, and as much as I'm, I'll be honest with you, I fought it for a long time. Just the the thought of it, mm-hmm. and then I had to kind of sit with myself and go. What's more important to you? like taking this risk or, you know, your future and what you're trying to build and protecting these people around you. You know what I mean? So I get it. I have a, I have a great aunt who is 90, 97, mm-hmm. 97. If I want to go see her, I need to be protected. And, and she's one of the people that, that really made me just kind of go ahead and be like, yeah, I need to go ahead. So, but yeah. And that's good. I appreciate you bringing that up. And that is, Wonderful, y'all. Again, be smart. But <laughs> moving on to the main segment, which is the Make It Make Sense segment. So, again, you guys, this is going to be a little bit unconventional, but when am I not unconventional? So, overall, this conversation was inspired by my recent reading of the book, The Ethical Slut. So, here's the book, The Ethical Slut, um, which, according to Amazon, the Amazon description is that it dispels meth. I'm, I'm, that's a lot. I said meth. Dispels myths and covers all the skills necessary to maintain a successful and responsible polyamorous lifestyle from self reflection, honest communication, practicing safe sex, and raising a family. So throughout the book, they discuss things like boundaries, resolving conflict, and defining relationships on your own terms. And one thing I liked about the book and how eye-opening it is, is a lot of things that they bring up are more so about self-awareness. So different topics and exercises that they have can even help somebody who's in a monogamous relationship. Um, So again, I wanted to get into that today and just put more into perspective about polyamory and why different relationships can work for different people. So just jumping right in, I would say DeAndre, what's your experience with like polyamory and your background with the Safe Word podcast? Okay, so with the Safe Word podcast, um, I'm I am currently in a monogamous relationship. However, I have been in polyamorous circles before. Um, I am a supporter of polyamory, and my co-host on the Safe Word is actually in a polyamorous marriage. Um, so it is it is it is beautiful to be able to see it work. I have seen it work, um, and one reason that we actually started the Safe Word was because we got tired of people looking at polyamory. BDSM and kink as white people shit. Um, can I, <laughs> I should have asked that before I even started. Um, but is, do you have language restrictions or anything like that? Like, okay, cool. So, um, but yeah, so ultimately we got tired of people saying it was white people shit. But we were like, you know, we know plenty of black people that are involved in this. And the um, the beauty of the dynamic that we that that my co-host and I have on the safe word is that she's the poly one and I handle the kink and the BDSM because that's more of the field that I'm really into now. But my history with polyamorous relationships and 
me being a supporter of poly, the most common misconception I always hear is that, oh, well, that's just cheating. Or, you know, that is uh, a way for people to just do what they got to do and X, Y, Z. There's so much more entailed. It is, people think that, but polyamory is not easy. Yes. It is not easy because regardless of what people say, um, there's always the thoughts that jealousy might creep in or, you know, you have to have the same way people have that work-life balance. Imagine having that work-life balance and then having to be able to uh, emotionally, physically, financially support that. Mm -hmm. Now, I I will also say this, and I I don't want to get too ahead of what you might have plans to talk about, Mm -hmm. but what I think that polyamory is beautiful for the simple fact that it's more than sex. And I think that's another thing too. So many people think this is just, oh, they just threesoming it up and doing <laughs> it. No, it is way more work. Mm-hmm. Way more work yeah. in a polyamorous relationship. However, it, it is it is also uh, I think the, the good parts about being in polyamorous relationships is the fact that it allows so much difference mm-hmm. within that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember having a poly conversation with the young lady and uh, it was just kind of a thing of, well, you know, uh, why well, I gotta, you know, share my man with another woman. I was like, so if you could have two men, and she was like, oh, I can do that. Yes. Because poly Emery is not just, one thing there are actually four different aspects to poly style relationships um did you want to get into that or how did you want to go yeah so we can talk about that i know i felt like it was good you brought up the fact that people have this stereotype in their head of polyamory just being about sex 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 and not about right. actual intimacy that right. a lot of people in poly relationships kind of look too. I myself have never experienced a poly relationships, but I have I have spoken with friends and um, other people who are involved in poly relationships and sort of speak a lot of them have been like this is literally the most honest I've been in the relationship just because yeah. the dynamic requires us to be more open and honest and even though there is that honesty, we still set boundaries. So they were like this is another thing. Like, I felt like when I was with a monogamous partner, I was always kind of looking over my shoulder and checking for these different things. Whereas with polyamory, it's a little bit more like, well, you know, this is what I plan on doing. This is how I see the relationship going. I'm not just going to be out messing with so-and-so down the road and picking up people off the street. It's nothing like that whatsoever. It's just more so like... I am looking for experiences outside of our relationship. And a lot of times, even from what I've read in my book, people who are poly couples are even more, what's the word? Oh my goodness, it's on the tip of my tongue. Like they're even more kind of like an awareness. Like they just don't go for any and everybody. Like people really think that's a thing. They're more disparaging of people. Like this definitely wouldn't work out. This person has a little bit more too many control issues or that won't play well into the dynamic that I have with my primary partner. Um, So I feel like that was very interesting. And even in a lot of ways, it's so funny when you brought up like black people, 
because you know we got so many ways we have so many interesting ways and we're so like all this white people shit that wouldn't work for us or and i feel like from the um feminine perspective with a lot of women a lot of women think that's only something that males can do only men can be poly only man can have enough stamina and will have enough detachment to have more than one partner right I, I don't i don't think that's true at all um i i, I have met some savage <laughs> women savage um so when when you talk about the um when you talk about how particular poly couples can be there's a reason for it. and and in my experiences i think that it depends on the uh it depends on the layout of your dynamic, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So we kind of got into the different aspects of poly. So poly is just a prefix. Yeah. You have polygamy, polygamy, polyandry, and then of course just polyamory. Polyamory is just free love. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's not necessarily a commitment, mm-hmm. but you have you know polyandry, whereas one woman and two men. You have polygamy, which is where there's one guy and two women. Then, of course, you have your polygamous relationships, which that might be, let's say, if you and I were together, mm-hmm. but we might be together and date separately. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is our little polycule that we have here. But before we go date separately, it is understood that, okay, this is what you're going to do. This is what I'm going to do. We're going to reconvene here. You yeah, like I mean? they're still so primary partners. Right, like there, there is so much conversation now. When you get into that dynamic where there's actually like a throne and mm-hmm. there are three of you in this relationship, I think that it's beneficial for a couple of reasons. One, now you've got three incomes coming into a household, which leaves everybody more money to do whatever they want to do and still be able to take care of business. Mm-hmm. I think, and of course, I'm only speaking from a male perspective of two women. Um, I think about how, what if I have to work late and my primary partner needs somebody to go somewhere with and they need to go do this? You know, ladies, you, you got a built-in girlfriend. You got a, like, when I say built-in, I'm just saying like, you got a girl that you can trust with anything. Y'all can take trips. Y'all can have girls' nights. Y'all can do whatever the case may be. Um, you know, some nights, the two of y'all might just want to go. And if there are kids involved, okay, y'all go have fun. I stay mm-hmm. home and watch the kids. Mm-hmm. Not to say that you just pawn your like your your yeah. person off as a babysitter, but I mean that's a part of that understanding. Mm-hmm. And, um, and every dynamic, like at least from what I read in examples and talk to people, every dynamic is different. So even right. if you bring in those aspects to your own relationship and kind of make it work for you. And I know one thing that was really interesting that they talked about is like just on a societal level monogamy has always been shown as the only moral way to see relationships but we live in a society now where it's so different from those past teachings like people make more money people aren't having as many kids people just want different life experiences in general they don't want the traditional or anything of that and so I just think it's very interesting taking that into consideration. Like, you know, people got more money, they can do more. People right. not thinking, well, you know, 
And I think I feel like an example was like, you know, people used to work on farms back then and they think, okay, the more kids we can have, the more money we make because they out there helping crop the land and with the harvest and so forth. But now people live in cities, people got roommates. It's a whole bunch of shit going right. on. I, monogamy is a learned concept. Monogamy is taught and that as as a society we teach monogamy is the only way to have a healthy relationship. And I think that that has been ingrained in us for so long that people forget one very simple thing. God didn't stop making attractive people <laughs> just because we found one person to get together with. True. You are going to be attracted to other people. You are going to see, you know, you're, you're, you would be a fool. And I'm not saying I'm talking about as a guy. You would be a fool to be in a relationship, married, engaged, and not think that she still don't have people in her inbox. <laughs> you know why? Because people are attracted to people. That is what we do. That is who we are. You're not going to not find someone else attractive because mm -hmm. you have someone over here. I think that <laughs> when you start to talk about polyamory in, in a general consensus, Mm -hmm. I also think that people sometimes try to rush polyamorous relationships because they're just so eager to, to yeah. get there. And you can't do that. You know, you have to approach a poly relationship the same way you have to approach any other relationship that you would have. I like this. You know, because ultimately, you, you're going to meet somebody. You need to figure out their likes, their dislikes. You have to do all of that stuff that you do with a traditional partner. And... Now I got to figure out if you're going to be compatible with this person to see if we can even cohabitate. You know what I'm saying? Like to 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 be together because if if, if it's not gonna work, it's just yeah. not gonna work. Yeah, and I feel like too a lot of the things that they mentioned, like I said before, um, taken into consideration are things that you think about with any relationship. Like, I know they were saying, you really have to communicate. Like, you have to be honest with this person. Even if you like a person and you are used to having, like, a poly lifestyle and seeing different mm -hmm. people and you've been in other partnerships where you've been poly, you can't just jump into it thinking another person is going to accept that. They might be like, wait, what do you mean we go see other, like, what? What? I don't even right. get that. Even if we are primary partners and these people are secondary, um... I know they even talked about the thing with respect. When you have those relationships outside of that partner, you still want somebody who's going to know, hey, that relationship comes first before right. I do. I'm more of like a background player. Or there might be a chance later on where you say, I come in as a throuple or something of that nature. So right. it's so interesting how they like talk about all of these different things and even about setting boundaries. So certain things for certain partners and still being open to showing affection because we live in a society that is so deprived of that right like even people who are single who don't want any relationships people just try to have this thing where like if i'm gonna be cold and i'm gonna completely detach then it'll just be easier to move past it and move along in life where it's like no you should still try to show affection when you feel the need to you shouldn't hold yourself back from somebody just because society has taught us, you know, a stone face gets things done. I'm, a, I'm glad that you said that 
because it just it it, rem- it triggered something in me. <laughs> um, we are, as a society, afraid to show emotion to people on a general basis, like on a platonic level. Mm-hmm. And I think that it takes a very mature person to be able to understand that not not even speaking in polyamory, like as as like my friends, mm-hmm. if we're really friends. I am not afraid to tell my friends that I love you, mm-hmm. male or female. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I love you. Take care of yourself. Go do what you need to do. I'm here if you need me. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have those bonds. We, we talk about love and intimacy in romantic relationships. But I think people don't think about those in their personal lives. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, we talked about society being... Uh, you know, pro-monogamy and monogamy is taught. I also think one of the biggest misconceptions is that, well, you only supposed to love one person. Like, be in love with one person. Once again, God didn't stop making attractive (laughs) people just because you met somebody. Very true. We are emotional beings. Yes. Everything that we do, we have a reaction to. Mm-hmm. That we, we, you know, whether, I don't care if you're going to buy a car, if you buy a house, if you go to Sonic and go get you a slushie for self-care because mm-hmm. you enjoy Sonic slushies. We do the things that we love mm-hmm. and we embrace the things that we want. Sometimes I think it's hard for people to accept that just because you want it, someone else doesn't. And I think that's in a very effective communication tool. Mm-hmm. That leads into, I think there's less cheating in polyamorous relationships. For this reason and this reason alone. If I'm in my primary relationship, we could be the best of friends. We could have the greatest things going on. But I guarantee you there is going to be something that she just don't want to do or she's just not into Mm -hmm. and instead of trying to change one another because that's what society tells us we are you're only supposed to love this person and you're only supposed to be like this and you should you should settle for this no don't settle stop settling people stop settling (laughs) communicate effectively Mm -hmm. take the necessary steps if it works great if it doesn't, okay, then maybe you need to sit down and reevaluate some stuff. But people are also afraid of starting over. Very true. People are afraid of starting over. And people, I feel like another thing people are so afraid of is a lot of the book brought up jealousy. Like that's mm-hmm. another very strong emotions invoked in humans. Jealous. Right. Very jealous. So when you think about polyamory and poly relationships bringing in another person is this realm of like well am I not good enough for this person what do I lack that this other person has that they have interest in and it's like it's not a hindrance of you like you said before it can just be something you're not into doing or it's just not you and it's another aspect that the person brings it out of your partner and so forth. And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't want to be everything. You want to be you and you have to you have to reserve you have to reserve 
yourself. And you have to protect yourself. I can't tell you how <laughs> I can't tell you how many people I've seen go down bad trying to have a threesome in a relationship to please one person and they didn't want to have it. And it's just, you know, it's it's not fun for anybody involved because you can tell that the energy is off. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so I think that, and, and the reason that I said that I think that cheating is, is less likely in a polyamorous relationship is mm -hmm. because if everybody has everything that they need, you really don't have a reason to go outside. But if you're forced inside of this box where you have to conform and basically be miserable in your own skin, then you start to seek. And you might not even seek. It might just be somebody that came along and said the right thing at the right time. Mm -hmm. And now your head is wandering off <laughs> and thinking about, oh, well, I kind of want to explore this. And I, I mean, just from a woman's perspective, Mm -hmm. I kind of want to explore this, but, oh, you know, uh, I got a good guy at home. I want to do this. Eh. Women are a lot easier to talk to when it comes to this type of stuff. Granted, because the male ego is fragile. Yeah. The male ego is fragile. The same way that you talked about how, you know, there are, um, you know, the women will say, oh, well, what does she have that I don't have and I'm not good enough? Dude is automatically gonna go, oh man, I bet he fucked the shit out of my guy. <laughs> oh, I bet his dick must be bigger than mine. Oh, he must do this. <laughs> but that's so crazy. It's like, why, why think that way? Like, it can be something completely non superficial. Cause I even feel like that with dating, like, yeah. um, seeing different people like, okay, I like this person because they're more inquisitive, they're more knowledgeable about this. And then it might be another person, they're more humorous, they're super right. funny. We click on that level of interest. Then it might be somebody who, we don't have nothing in common, but sexual chemistry or whatever else. Like I just feel drawn to them. So it's nothing right. wrong with that. Like you said, we're humans at the end of the day, we're all different and we're gonna be drawn to different things and different people it won't matter what it is that is like bringing that attraction for I think that, so I always bring up this logic versus emotion debate. I always talk about, I think that men are more logical where women are a little bit more emotional. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem because there's not enough effective communication. All those examples that I gave you of the guy thinking sexually is because he's trying to think physically. Because in his mind, if he were going to cheat, it's probably just physical. But he detaches himself, so the sex really means nothing except for the quick net and go. You know, it's just pleasure for him. Mm -hmm. And in my experiences, normally when women step out, it's because they're lacking something emotionally at home. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it could be the guy not paying her enough attention mm -hmm. or, you know, the small things like... Um, Oh, I should have brought this up early. Uh, <laughs> talked about the stuff that pissed us off. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I saw this flower debate on Twitter that just drove me. Oh, MG, I know what you're about to talk about. Uh, yeah, you know, but so and not to not to dwell on that because that's not the topic at hand. But I remember making a tweet basically saying like, guys, she don't give a fuck if you're spending twenty dollars or four dollars on some flowers. It's the effort. 
Women want to see effort. If you right. give them effort, they appreciate that. We appreciate effort even in the aspect of you are thoughtful and considerate enough to know what my interests are. And therefore, like you said, put forth effort to make sure that I'm like around it. Like I know, for instance, I have a homegirl who loves plants. And this guy that's really into her, like, bought her some plants, like, some house plants. And I'm like, that is so sweet and thoughtful because he's putting forth that effort of listening to you, knowing, hey, this is something she has interest in. So, therefore, right. if I want her to be interested in me, I'm a show. Right. And, and it's, it's the little stuff like that that makes a difference. Um, and so I say all that to kind of go back into the poly, the poly aspect. There are a lot of times where I think that in monogamous relationships, we become almost uh, complacent. Yeah. You become complacent in your relationship because you've been in it for so long, so you start taking the small things for granted. And you can't take the small things for granted. I know personally, I have, I have missed you know, certain things, and I'd be like, I like I, I know I could have done that differently. Mm-hmm. But I take mental notes so I can do it differently next time. And that is that is important. But imagine if you had someone that your communication skills are so open that you don't have to worry about missing those things. Yes. And I Again, going back to the book, I thought they made a good point of talking about talking about how the more you share, the less le- you leave space for assumptions. Right. Like you talking to this person, being in constant communication, like, hey, you know, we're open. I'm going on a date with this person on this day. Or, you know, when I come back, let's plan something special for just you and me. Like, like you said, right. before, a lot of poly couples put forth that extra effort just mm-hmm. because they want to bring forth that balance. So I know it's funny because one of my homegirls, I'm like, girl, that is not a damn open relationship. But she was like, oh, <laughs> well, we were in college. Me and this one guy dated. We tried to have an open relationship, but you know, it was just bad because we was trying to get our licks back. And I'm like, exactly wasn't open. You guys just did not want to commit to each other. Therefore, right. you thought the best way of not letting go of each other while still committing was just to see other people, but y'all only ended up hurting each other more. Right. You, he doing it because you doing it, and you doing it because he doing it. And I'm like, that's not that's, oh, that's not healthy. That, that's not open. That's not healthy. Um, it's not poly, but it's definitely not healthy because the thing about it is that, um, so there's a term. Uh, used, it's called compersion. And I mean, it's just a general term, compersion. Compersion? Yeah. Okay. Um, and it is, it is the concept of elation from your partner being happy. Oh, wow. A lot of poly couples that are starting miss that gotcha. because they've come from monogamy for so long Mm-hmm. That now that you're in this polyamorous relationship, guys probably coming in thinking, "Oh shit, I'm gonna give me two women." The woman, if she's into women, could work. But if she's not into women, then it's kind of like, "Okay, well, you know, I want to go do this." And he like, "Oh wait, I thought it was gonna be no, no, no." 
once again, communication. But compersion is, is, is a situation, a uh, scenario. Let's say we date separately. Mm-hmm. And you go out on your date, and you had the time of your life. When you come back, I want to hear about it. I want you to tell me every single detail. If you had sex, I want you to tell me just how much he knocked your socks off. Because if he didn't, I got work to go do. <laughs> but if you come back and you growing, you happy, and all this good stuff, then it's like, yo, my baby's happy. I'm good. You know what I mean? And vice versa. Like, that is polyamory. Yes. yes. Polyamory is being able to show your love freely and communicate freely. It is freedom. So, yeah. And I think that's a great way to kind of, like, you know, in the topic. I feel like we touched on a lot of good points. And even then, for you to say that last point, that is literally, like, the strongest element that is needed in any sort of poly relationship. So if you guys are thinking about exploring this dynamic, like like he just said, make sure you are doing this not only for your own fulfillment, but for the fulfillment of your partner as well. Right. Because this is a journey that you both are going to be on. You won't just be out there on your own. This is something that comes into play with, like we said, having to communicate 24-7, being very honest but still being affectionate because you are expressing your happiness that your partner is seeing other people, basically. Right. So moving on to the last segment of the show, we have You Are Drove. So disclaimer, you guys, as usual, just for the location and demographics of the show, drove is a St. Louis term for just, you know, being mad, sad, confused, or just thinking something was going to work out in a specific way, and it didn't. So this week's You Are Drove is not really a person, but more of a company, because funny enough, I thought, what better time to bring this up but now? But you know, um, I don't know if you read on the news, OnlyFans initially said they would be banning all porn on their site but in a yes. stunning U-turn of user backlash, they said the ban is gone. So I believe it was reported. Let me see. I got some of my information from CNBC, but yes, OnlyFans said it has received assurances from its banking partners that it will allow the platform to continue allowing sexually explicit content and for, you, for those of you who don't know what OnlyFans is, um, is it basically a subscription platform where people can subscribe to uh, those users of the platform's websites and so forth, and you kind of pay money to see them. So even without the porn, people paint, people play music, people play video games. But um, yeah, I feel like in probably... Which is like the last two to three years. That's what OnlyFans has been like heavily known for is those sex workers that are on the platform performing and so forth. But recently they they thought they was gonna do something and ban it. They looked at the bottom line and uh, they was <laughs> like, we can't do this because the pandemic the pandemic made way. When the pandemic happened and a lot of people got laid off, 
mm-hmm. a lot of people turn to sex work. And there that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. Mm-hmm. But I'm just gonna say when people think sex work, they immediately think like prostitution. And that's not that's not that's not what a sex worker is. Mm-hmm. The the podcast that I host, mm-hmm. technically because of the, the subject matter that we talk about, you we would technically we could be sex workers. Yeah. Because we are bringing a material, we are bringing material, you know, related to sex to the general public. Yes. Yes. So, and yeah. It's so interesting because even when they first made the announcement that they were going to like ban all porn, I was just like, I don't see how this is going to help them. Yeah. I want to speak like, what exactly are they trying to say? Like, by doing that, if anything, it just shows like an exclusivity and you're not inclusive of all the parties that use your website. Because I know it's plenty of people who talk about like, yeah, this has brought me in thousands of dollars, even mm-hmm. if I'm so solo or if I'm partner. And a lot of times I feel like even within the dynamic of, you know, pornography and so forth, people talk about, you know, like, I feel like my biggest thing has always just been, I've always been a little sketchy of certain performers and certain things just because I'm like, okay, I just want to make sure all parties are consenting. Like nobody right. is being held against their will. But even then people do an excellent job of using their platforms to be honest and even say like, you know, I did this. Like you said, I got laid off. I started doing this or this is something I've always been doing or even actual pornographic actors and actresses being like hey me working for an actual adult film company doesn't make me any money because they own all the rights so right. when it's on these websites i can't do nothing with that therefore right. if i'm gonna really show my talent i'm gonna use my own platform that i have control over and can get money directly from right i agree but i'm just like wow i just felt like <laughs> They learn a lesson pretty fast and it's better to make that like reversal now, as opposed to, like you said, further on down the line, when they realize the bottom line is they are no longer making money or having the users that they thought they would. When they first said that that that, that was going to happen, I know, I know for a fact, I probably saw at least 30 performers like hey i'm going to this platform hey i'm going to this platform that platform and they was like oh they, they finding homes already oh yeah we might need to reverse course <laughs> and that's that's literally what happened because like within 72 hours it, it was just like yeah never mind reverse course we take it back we didn't mean it we were playing and so, see, yeah. that's so crazy because too when you think about it they i, I guess they didn't even realize how much of their consumer framework was based on that. I'm not saying, again, everything on OnlyFans is not sexually explicit content, but still that's like a a large driving force behind it. So for you to completely cut off that stream of money is like, now wait a minute. Right. (laughs) Which is crazy. It's super duper crazy and I know, I feel like I've read it before, but like sex work and so forth, that's like one of the oldest running professions. Oh, yeah. I mean, you think about brothels. In the Bible. You think about brothels. 
I mean, Bibles hey, are in the Bible. You know, like sex work. Hey. Okay. So, I, I get it. I get it completely. And I think I'm gonna tell you something that I've I've seen happen too in the mm-hmm. pandemic. I've seen people start OnlyFans, and their OnlyFans get so popular they get offered contracts from foreign companies. I like I've seen it. that happen. I've seen I that happen. Too. So yeah. I can believe it. And I mean, too, if people are even looking for a specific quality of content or an actual, like, worker that appeases to their interests and likes, you're, you're going to go somewhere where you know for sure you can find that. You're not just going to go to some generic porn site where is you know some blondes with some triple g's or something like no that does not appeal to my interest and so forth so people are using their platforms to go and again people playing video games on there playing music so it's like an open platform sort of speak but again you guys I can definitely say this has been a great conversation thank you so much for joining me this was fun um I feel like we talked. We talked about a lot of good stuff. Can you tell my listeners where they can find you at? Absolutely. So um, you can find my general material at MrEverlasting.com. I am one third of the South Got Something to Say podcast. We drop every Monday on your favorite DSPs, and uh, I am also one half of the Safe Word. Safe Word <laughs> uh, with. Uh, Mystique, so you can look up the Safe Word with Mystique and Mr. Everlasting. We drop every first and third Friday um, on your favorite DSP. So tap in, tune in. Uh, we have a lot of fun. Uh, we talk a lot of shit and, uh, we educate people. So y'all come hang out. It's it's a good time. Yes. Y'all go support black people in the kink community, non-monogamy, sex workers, so forth. I enjoyed all of their conversations. I feel like I'm a fan of just unconventional discussions on relationships and sexuality. So be open. Think about this from a different, like, perspective. I feel like people are so narrow-minded. And like you said, thinking about how we've done things for so many years when the world is changing, y'all. Come on. We didn't been right. in the house with a pandemic this past. If that don't show you we in a completely different place, I don't know what will. But you guys, that is it for this week's episode. It has been great having you as listeners. Bye. Thanks for listening to Annoyed Not Offended with See It. Have a question or interested in sharing an annoyance of your own to be read on the show? Email annoyednotoffended at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Annoyed Not Offended for more hilarious content and updates on the show. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, bye.